Can we say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Can we say hallelujah? Probably some of you probably saying, oh, he's a Pentecostal preacher. <laughs> Amen. The Bible said, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Amen. We want to thank uh, you all for inviting us. Thank Seth for inviting us and giving us an invitation. I always say that people that come out on Sunday evenings are very special people. You all are really saved. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I remember I was working at, at Shearing Plow, and uh, I was witnessing to this young lady, and I was telling her about the sin that she was involved in. And she said, Lamar, I said, are you saved? She said, yeah, I'm saved, but you're saved, saved. Now, I, could, I can't find that in the Bible. <laughs> but when you saved, saved, that means you really love Jesus. Amen. I want to thank God for an opportunity to be here. If you will, turn in your Bibles to Jonah. I'm going to do some reading, but I want to uh, just, uh, it's a short book, and uh, I just want to point out some things, and as you turn in, uh, let me pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, Lord. I place my sins under the blood of Jesus that you would use me as a clean vessel. We thank you. We honor you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, we live in a society today and I think what has happened, the church ha has become worldly, and the worldly has become somewhat churchy. We live in a society today that uh, the Christian community, in my estimation, is really suffering. We're not making uh, uh, noise like we should. Uh, God called us to be salt and light in a world that is so dark. And we see everybody coming out the closet and seem like the Christian community is going in the closet. But I like to say, and, and as we look at Jonah, we need to make some noise for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, I think we have forgotten what God has done for us, and we have become so selfish and self-centered as a Christian community until we're not fulfilling God's mandate for our lives. The Bible said in Jonah, the first chapter, the Bible said that the word of the Lord came to Jonah son of Amittiel, uh, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness have, has come up before me. And we can look around in the city today and we can see the wickedness of the people in, this, in, in, in our nation. Uh, you know, we, 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 we get behind our pulpits and we talk about uh, abortion and we should preach against that because the Bible said, Woe to any nation that shed innocent blood. I think that uh, since Roe v. Wade, someone said over 50 million babies have been aborted. But it's not just enough for us to stand in the church and talk about it. It's not just enough for us to uh, say that babies are being killed. We have to go out here and evangelize. I think when people get saved and turn from their wicked ways, God said that he will hear from heaven, he will forgive our sins and heal the land. If we, we cannot complain about all the crime that is going on when we know we were just as wicked as anybody else that was committing any kind of crime. We might not have done the things that they have done or doing the things that they're doing, but when we have not accepted Christ, we are, have the propensity, we have the bent to be just as wicked as anybody else. We're only saved by God's grace and mercy. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he or she is a new creation. By repenting of our sins and turning to Jesus Christ, 
Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. We can't expect sinners to do anything but sin. But when we go out and evangelize and tell people about God's grace and mercy, give them an opportunity. Here we see Jonah. The Bible said uh, that, that God came to him and told him to go and cry out against that great city Nineveh because its wickedness has come up before me. Look at America now. Look what's going on in our country today. From our president all the way down, people are more concerned about their pockets more than they are about living for Jesus. You can say amen. 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 People are so concerned about their livelihood instead of living for Jesus. And some, I have to share this with you. It's kind of funny in a sense. Uh, I was here one, one, one uh, Thursday doing a businessman luncheon. And some years ago, and a brother came to me, and uh, he said to me, he said, uh, he said, Lamar, he said, we really want to support your ministry. He said, but uh, uh, we really can't support your ministry. He said, because uh, uh, we, we, we don't believe, we believe the Democrats believe in abortion, and we don't want to support abortion. And I started laughing. I started laughing. It was funny to me. How can you think that I support, I'm a Democrat because I'm an African American? You stereotype me and think that because I'm an African American, I'm a Democrat. I have always, always voted my conviction. God is my source. I don't look for any political party to, to, to be my livelihood. And I started laughing, and I called Donna. Oh, she was working at FedEx at the time, and I told Donna what was going on, and she, and she, didn't, she didn't take it so funny. She didn't think it was so too young. And I, I asked him, I said, why do you think that I'm a Democrat? Why do you think that? I have always voted my conviction. I believe that anytime you exalt anything before God, it's idolatry. I don't believe in a donkey or, or an elephant. I believe in the Lamb of God. Amen. And so I, I just want to share that. I want to throw that in. So because sometimes people think because, why you stereotype me? It was offensive. It was offensive. And, and, and because of the wickedness, I've stood on on, on Poplar Street with signs saying, I'm against abortion. We have met with people and, and, and talked to people. But when people get saved, when people come out of, of, a, of, out of a dark world and start living for Jesus, then their attitude and their heart should change. Amen. 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 And here we got Jonah. The Bible said because of, of the wickedness of the people that had come up to God, God sent Jonah. The prophet Jonah. But the Bible said Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tasha. He went down to Jephod where he uh, bought him a ticket. And uh, the Bible said after paying his fare, he went abroad and sailed for Tasha to f flee from the presence of the Lord. When you read Psalms 139, you see that you can't get away from God. And nothing you can do to flee from God. But is it that Jonah physically went away? But do we 
uh, push God out of our thinking? Do we push God out? We can flee from the presence of God sitting in church on Sunday morning. All we have to do is block him out. Amen. When God speaks to our hearts and tells us what we should do and what we should be about, do we obey, do, do we obey God? Have we fled from the presence of God? We do it when we live a sinful life. And we look at Jonah. What was wrong with Jonah? Well, let me tell you, Jonah had a problem with the Assyrians. He had a problem because God had used the Assyrians to put the children of Israel, the Israelite, in check. It's a funny thing how we are God's people, but God will send a heathen nation to put us in check. He will send somebody to let you know you're not as holy as you think you are. And we're going to see what Jonah said. The Bible said then Jonah uh, said, uh, then God sent a great wind on the sea. I'm glad you introduced me. I haven't been in the Navy. I've had some troubled waters when I was in the Navy. I'm going to tell you something real strange about my going into the Navy. Uh, I'm from the Claven Homes, and where we are ministering now, I'm a rock, uh, uh, rock uh, throw from where I was raised up. God fixed me up and put me right back in the hood. And so I'm at home. But it's a, it's a lot different than where I was raised up because of the drugs and the gangs and all these kinds of things. But I always say the darker the darkness, the greater the light will shine. God has called us to be salt and light in a dark world. And so when I went into the Navy and something so strange about it, I couldn't even swim. <laughs> but you know, if the ship had sank, everybody on there was going to probably die. But I can guarantee you, I've been the first one to get me a life raft or get me a life jacket. Amen. But it was something about that. I went into the Navy and God blessed me. I made three trips overseas. I did three years, nine months, five days, two hours and ten minutes. And I was glad to get out. Amen. And the Bible said, then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. And such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened uh, to break up. Now they got what you call expansion joints and ships, so they won't. They can kind of uh, bend a little bit, and they won't break up so 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 easily. And and they are more than technology has blessed. But I can just imagine the water is so rough out there sometimes. And when ships goes up, and you can even see the rudder in the back in the bottom of the ship, and they come down hard. I mean, it's it's a rough deal. You don't want to be out there in the winter time when the water, the sea is rough. The Bible said. Uh, after the, the, the sailors that was out there and the Bible said they were so afraid and each uh, cried out to his own God. The small G, he cried out to his own God. You see, sometimes people talk about uh, they don't believe in God. Yeah, you do believe in God. You, you, you believe in something other than yourself because God has placed his moral law in the hearts of man. And God is going to judge man because the Bible said we have a general revelation of who God is, but we can clearly see the things that God has created and made, even his eternal power in Godhead. And the Bible said, so they are going to be without an excuse. But, the, but these sailors, they cried out to their God. They start throwing their luggage overboard because their lives were more important than the luggage that they was carrying. The Bible said, but Jonah had gone down to the deck down below where he laid and he fell asleep and he was sleeping. And the Bible said, then the captain went down and he said, he said, why are you sleeping? 
with all this turmoil, the sea is rough, and, and you down here asleep? What's, what's up with you, Jonah? What's going, what's going on with you? How can you sleep? He said, get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take uh, notice of, uh, of us that he will, so we won't perish. So we won't perish. We're doing all we can. Our God is not answering. Their God will not answer because they don't have the true and living God. And so God said to, to uh, uh, Jonah said, well, let me call upon my God. And then the Bible said, then the sailors each, uh, said to them, each of us come. Uh, let us cast lots to find out uh, who is responsible for this calamity. Something is going wrong. Anytime something is going wrong, somebody is responsible. I tell people, when I have a problem in my life, two things that I do. I pray and ask God, have I sinned against you? Because we know that God chastises his children. And then I ask God, I say, Lord, have I done anything that caused this upon myself? If I have, I repent. I repent. I ask God to forgive me. If the Holy Spirit revealed unto me that I've done something wrong, I repent. If I have not done anything wrong, well, then God's still taking me through things. Why? To mature me. Sometimes we get upset with God when God takes us through things. But the Bible says all things work together for good. For those that love the Lord, those that are called according to his purpose. And I'm glad I'm in his purpose. And so they were having a problem. They said, let us cast lots to find out who responsible for this. And the Bible said that it fell on Jonah. He said, they asked Jonah. They said, tell us uh, who is responsible uh, for making all this trouble for us. Y'all have to forgive me. I'm getting, getting a little older. Kind of, I have to kind of see a little bit. Tell us who is responsible. He said, what kind of work do you do? Uh, what country are you from? What is your country? Uh, what do you do? Tell me about your people. And then Jonah answered and said, I am a Hebrew. Y'all check this out. I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord. You mean to tell me you're freeing from God, but you're saying you worship the Lord. How can you worship God and say that you're worshiping God in your disobedience? God called you to, to, to do a service for him, but you're trying to get away from him. But now you have gotten so religious, you've gotten so holy, you've gotten so sanctimonious, now you're saying you worship God. We can say that with our mouths. As God said, the scripture said, they worship me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. The Bible said, and he made, and, and he said, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord. Why are you going to use the word Lord and he's not over your life? Now, if he's Lord, let him be over your life. Have you surrendered completely to the Lord thy God? He said, who made the sea and the dry land? He said, this terrified them. And they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he has already told them so. The Bible said then the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what shall we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Jonah said, pick me up. Throw me into the sea. He replied, and it will become calm. 
I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. I want to say that when we as parents, when we get out of the will of God, other people suffer the consequences. When we disobey God, when we allow sin to fester in our life, and then we wonder what's going wrong with our children. Anytime God calls us to be, to do something for him, if we are disobedient, guess what? Our children know we can look in the Bible and see evidence when there were people that disobeyed God. We look at Achan and Ai. We look at all the people in the Bible. When we disobey God, it has consequences. Jonah, because of his disobedience, caused the people to almost lose their life. They lost all their goods. And they were healing people. Jonah said, well, pick me up. Throw me in the sea. The Bible said that instead, the men did their best to roar back to land. But they could not. For the sea grew even wilder than before. God is the one that sent this upon them. The Bible then said that then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. They had more compassion towards Jonah than Jonah had for the people in Nineveh. Sometimes we look down upon other people, but they may be in the will of God more so than we are. We have to be careful. We have to be careful about being judgmental. Now these were unsaved people. And the Bible said, do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you please. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard. And the raging sea grew calm. At this, the man greatly feared the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. God used Jonah and the sea to cause the heathens to come to know him. And we can read in, in chapter 2 about Jonah praying. The Bible said that God prepared a big fish. He prepared a big fish. And the Bible said that the fish swallowed up. Y'all know the story. Swallowed up Jonah. And can you imagine being in the belly of that fish? Can you imagine how Jonah was down there and the weeds wrapped around his head and how he must have smelled when he got out of there? I think he smelled a little fishy. <laughs> Amen. But the Bible said in three days, in three nights, Jonah was in the belly of the well and God blessed him to be down there. When God chastises us, let me tell you, nobody can help us. The Bible said then God uh, blessed Jonah and the Bible said then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. When they told me about the songs that they were going to sing, I surrender. I said, yes, we need to sing it twice. See, God spoke to Jonah twice. Amen. So sometimes we want to change things because repetition is what we need to hear. Sometimes we need to hear things twice. Amen. It needs to get down in our spirit. Now the Bible said, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Do you think he was ready? Amen. 
Amen. What will it take for us as a church to be about God's business? What will God have to do to us? Sometimes we think some things are just confined to the inner city of Memphis. I told someone years ago, I said, if we don't tackle the problem in the inner city, it's going to flow down to the suburbans. And that's what has happened. That's what has happened. You can't contain sin. The only way you can contain sin is for folk to get saved. When the hearts of people change, now they're trying to build up downtown Memphis. I call it window dressing. You're trying to make this city look pretty and look good for more tourists to come in so we can get more money here. But until we tackle the problem, the root of the problem is a sin problem. But one thing that we have to do, we have to get out and make relationship with people. When we go out into the schools and tell people and try to get involved, we got people graduating from high school and don't know what nine times three is. Don't know what nine times three. And I don't care what school your children go to. If you're a taxpayer of the city of Memphis and Shelby County, you have a right to go down and to argue against this school system that is pushing children out of school and they don't know anything. One of the signs of a career criminal is a high school dropout. We can't get jobs in this school in this city because people can't qualify for them. This is an opportunity for the church to get involved in the lives of people and to help mold them and shape them because it's all about relationships. But we have to get outside the church and go and build a relationship with children and with their parents. A lot of them don't have fathers in the home. I'm granddaddy to a lot of them. It's our responsibility. Donna and I can't do it. I'm, I'm telling you, I've been doing this over 40 years, and it's taxing. It's, it's, I can't, it's appalling. It, it's absolutely bad. But we as Christians have a responsibility. Where are we going to flee? Where are we going to flee? What, how are we going to eliminate this problem? I can't complain. I should not complain if I'm not doing anything about it. We have children. Their parents are on crack. They want to sell their food stamps. We, we need to change the legislation. We need to tell people, go out and get you a job and work for your food stamps. That will create dignity in the lives of people. The children will grow up not thinking that I can get something free. I have an entitlement mentality. The government owe me this. No, you learn to work. Donald was telling some children once that your uh, uh, giving free food is against God's will. She was telling them that the Bible said in Thessalonians, if you don't work, you don't eat. And the little girl said, my mom and daddy uh, need to starve to death then. Yes, they do. They need to starve. Because you need to get out and work for it. To do something, pick up paper on the street. They need to have a requirement. And I'm going to tell you, I, I speak the truth. The Democratic Party is the one that set this up. Amen. Giving people, for having more babies, you get more money. Have more babies. And these children, but no father in the home. Look at the statistics. 
When you get a chance and Google fatherless homes, I was raised without a father. I know the consequences. I can speak against it. Little children are hurting because there are no father in the home. But guess what? God called us and be a witness for him. If we know what the problem, we know what the solution is. The solution is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. The Bible says that, that, that he told Jonah to go a second time. Go to that great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I gave you. The Bible says Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord. Yeah, he's going to obey now. What will it take for us to obey God? What will have to happen? What kind of calamities must come upon the church today for us to become obedient to what God called us to do? The last thing God told us to do is go into all nations, that, that including the hood. Go into all nations and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And teach them to deserve all the things that I commanded you. And God said, and lo, I will be with you always. When you go to the inner city, I tell people that our, our European brothers and sisters, uh, you are less... Uh, likely to be harmed in, in the city than Don and I. They don't kill and hurt white folk like they do black folk. Check the statistics. Why is that? Well, they get more time. They get more time. That's the way the system's set up. So my family is more in jeopardy in the inner city. They say, well, Lamar, you know that I think this is, well, don't fear. I thank God for Mary Minor. Amen. Just so happens she's here tonight. And Lance, we're old-time friends. We go back about 50 years. <laughs> but I thank God for them. Mary come down and tutor a little boy. What is in the fourth grade? And can't read. He has a sister in kindergarten that can beat him reading. His mama, their mother just got, their mother just got out of jail. She's running around. The dad is on crack. And they smell. We, do, we have to change their clothes at church. Because if they take them home, they won't come back. We have a wash and dryer at the church. I walked up there one day and saw a little boy, saw one of our workers washing the little boy's feet. Because if you took his tennis shoes off, you could smell it all over the room. These are kinds of things that we do that doesn't end up in numbers. How many children y'all have down there, Lamont? Well, we have about 30 or 40 on roll. But look how much work is required for one child. Amen. I won't flee. I'm going to stay there. Uh, it get, it get, it, it's, it's rough sometimes. It keeps you up late at night, wake you up early in the morning. But I'm committed. We are committed. And I thank God for my wife Donna to, lose, to leave a lucrative position at FedEx as a design, senior design analyst to come and work with us in ministry. And I thank God for her. Donna's working on her master now uh, to get a uh, license in counseling. Y'all pray for her. Amen. And the Bible said, and Jonah uh, began to go and he got, get, went out and preached to that great city, the, uh, the city of Nineveh. The Bible said, and, and Nineveh, the Ninevites believed God. When we go, people will believe us. They will never have an opportunity to accept Christ if we don't go. Only thing we need to do is go. 
If we go, lead the consequences up to God. It's the Holy Spirit responsibility to touch their hearts and draw them. But God told us to go and represent him. Amen. The Bible says the Ninevites believed God. And the Bible says then they claimed a fast. And all of them, from the greatest uh, to the least, put on sackcloth. And the Bible says when Jonah warned, warned the people and, and reached the king, and the king uh, decided to, to proclaim a fast to all people. He said, I don't want anything to eat, even the, the babies, even the cows, even the animals. I want to proclaim a fast because we have come to a point of repentance. And the Bible said that Jonah was upset with the Ninevites. Why? Because he knew that God would turn away his wrath. The Bible said, the Bible said, but to Jonah, that seemed very wrong. Why was that wrong? And the Bible said, he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said? Lord, when I was still at home, this is what I tried, this is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tasha. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. I've experienced God's love and grace and mercy. Now I've forgotten what God has done in my life, and I don't want anyone else to accept it. Is that how we feel sometimes? Is that how we feel? I got mine, and I don't care if anybody else gets theirs. The same grace that saved you want to say, want to extend to other people. When we think about how depraved we were, how we didn't know God, it took the Holy Spirit to run us down. There was nothing in us that desired God. God ran us down, liking it to a, a man running a chicken down. He had to uh, cut him off, put him in a cone and then catch him. God had to do us like that. And sometimes when we get accept Christ and we stop doing some things, that we used to do, now we are saying, and we forget that God's mercy and grace is extended to all men. Jonah got upset about this. Why? Because he wanted something bad to happen to him. And look what it says. Jonah was so angry, he knew what God would do. That's why he didn't want to go. But the Lord replied, uh, replied to him, is it right for you to be angry? And so Jonah had gone out and sat down under a place in the city that he made himself a shelter, sat in his shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafly plant and made it grow over him to give him shade to his head 
and, for, and, and to ease him from discomfort. And Jonah was very angry about the, Jonah was very happy about the plant. Then he sat down the next day, but God provided a worm which chewed up the, chewed up the plant that it withered. And every time God did something, Jonah was ready to die. And the Bible said when, when the sun rose, Jonah provided, God provided a scorching east wind. And the sun blazed upon Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. How you going to die because the sun is bearing down on your head? He wanted to die. He wanted to, wanted to die. We so used to being so comfortable. We, we, we Americans. We want things just right all the time. We are so small. We don't want to inconvenience ourselves. A brother told me, he said, Lamar, he said, I would come down to your church. He said, but it's kind of a long way. You can get anywhere in Memphis in 30 minutes. I said, look how far Jesus came for us. He said, that's a good point. <laughs> Let me say this in closing. God made the, the leaf to give him shelter and to keep him and, and so he could be comfortable. But then God provided the worm. And then Jonah got upset because the worm killed the leaf. And when you look at it, what is our real concern today? Are we more concerned about other things other than souls to be saved? We have to think about where is our priority? What did Jesus come to do? We have people, I, I know I'm going to offend some people for in saying this, but I'm going to have to say it. We so concerned about our dogs and cats than we are the souls of man. Jesus did not come to die for animals. He came to die for the souls of people. Animals live better than some of the people that we minister to. You got our society today, people will get more time for killing an animal than they will a baby. It should break our hearts. Jonah got upset about this. I was listening to the news the other day. A woman uh, uh, in a hill to head got up and walked her dog out and an alligator came up on shore. Some of you all might have heard of it. And, and she tried to rescue that dog from that alligator. And she was eaten up. You can get you another dog. But what about my wife? What about the souls of man? What about people? They will spend eternity in hell if we don't do something. Let's not be like Jonah. Let us not try to flee from the presence of the Lord. Let us be about God's business. Let us surrender all. We just can't sing that song. We got to live it. God bless you.